0: Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Else Worlds episode. is a Longbox Crusade Worlds, you might ask. Well, some of your favorite Longbox Crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with. So from time to time, we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks, and we'll play it for you here. Whether it's a James Bond Rookie Agent show from On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network, or a Comics with Normies from White Rocket Entertainment Network, or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade, Elseworlds.
1: Good morning. I am Luciana Paluzzi. I was the villainess in uh,
2: Thunderbolt with James Bond. Sean Connery, actually. And you are listening to
3: Honor Majesty's Secret
2: Podcast.
1: Nobody does it down. makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it half as good as you.
0: Welcome to Haunt Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this program, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, A.K.A. Death Probe, and joining me as veteran Bondophile co-host is my brother Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Jason, welcome back to the show. And what's the most Bond-like thing you've done since last recording? Oh
4: man, went to Egypt. I fought this giant man with metal teeth in the desert. I oh wait, that wait, wasn't me at all. What movie was? <laughs> Oh, let's see. Most Bondian thing that I've done. Well, I took a pretty nice vacation with a beautiful uh, Bond-esque babe, my wife, and we went out to Soap Lake where we got some swimming, some hiking, some sun, got some bird watching in, having a good old time. And then, uh, yeah, well, it's back to headquarters and back to the old grind uh, here this week. So, uh, that's back probably to the, the most mines. Back, back the to the <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. uh, There yeah. you <laughs> go. Stay on top of things, Delvin. <laughs> good work. Nice job. Nice job. Boy, these rookies grow up so
0: fast, don't they? <laughs> they really do. They really do.
4: So that was my uh, bonding experience. What about you, brother mine? What have you done? It's
0: not a whole heck of a lot, although I did, as of yesterday, finish reading Trigger Mortis by Anthony Horowitz and picked up an interesting tidbit of information to share with the team. Alrighty. Now, if you listen to our sister show, Saturday Matinee Theater, we recently covered the 1954 TV series Casino Royale. And in that episode, episode, we talked about how CBS had kind of talked to Fleming about making a James Bond television show. Indeed. And Ian Fleming wrote several James Bond ideas for shows, some of which made into his book of short stories, For Your Eyes Only. Anthony Horowitz, when asked by the Ian Fleming Foundation to take over the novels when he wrote Trigger Mortis, was welcomed into Ian Fleming's archives. And some of the items that he put into the book were from the TV show episode ideas that Fleming had written. So I thought that was really cool how it all kind of came together, you know, the TV stuff and the movie stuff and our podcast Saturday Matinee Theater and this podcast. is was like, man, worlds are colliding. So I thought that was cool and I would pass that along to you guys. That is cool. That is very cool. So, you might be wondering what we're doing here. I'm going to tell you. This episode is the 10th of an ongoing series on this channel called MI6 Rookie Agents. On Rookie Agents, Jason and I are taking two friends in our lives who are not very familiar with the 007 universe through the entire James Bond film series, one movie at a time to get a newcomer's point of view on the film series that we love so much here at on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. So let's welcome our rookie agents to the show. Welcome back to the show, Delvin, the Dark Web, Felix Leiter, Williams. Let's find out what the most Bond-like thing you've done since Slash Recording is. It is always good to be back,
5: and I'd say maybe the most Bond-like thing I did was last weekend, I jumped on a plane, and I went to uh, see some uh, fellow ROTC alum from good old Auburn University. You know, that has something to do with the kind of like a homecoming and maybe seeing some fellow agents, you know, of our, of our bond and hearing that there are some agents who did about the same as I did, some agents who are still actively in the fight of the United States Air Force doing fantastic things. We know people, Jared, that are uh, in the zone for becoming colonel. Yeah, we are old. Dude, really? What the heck? Colonel, like legit. It was an absolutely uh, fantastic time. Probably the uh, funniest line that I received personally was, uh, well, besides about, you know, the beard that I'm sporting now, like, what the heck is that? But <laughs> so somebody talked about, you know, my ROTC days and said, like, if somebody would have came up to me, like, and seen you as a freshman and told me that you were going to be the wing commander one day, <laughs> I would have told them they were
4: lying. <laughs> They would have had to be like, wake up, Delvin, Delvin, wake up. You're the wing commander.
5: (laughs) Just had the greatest dream. (laughs) So, yeah, it was an awesome time and always good to see uh, old friends and always good to see old friends who want to see you. So that would be it for me.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I was not able to join that. So close, but so far away. I was only two hours away and couldn't make it. I was sad inside, but I was like, Delvin's going to be there. So all the same jokes are going to be there. So that'll be fine. Yes, I used them all, and I made them all up. Yeah, well played, sir. Well played. But let's find out what our buddy Pat, DJ Cristado Sampson, has been up to. Pat, you've been waiting patiently in the wings. What you been up to, man? Well, my life has not been as
2: exciting as the rest of you guys. So it's been kind of laid back and kind of normal. I guess the only thing uh, over the last week and something I'm looking forward to and excited to get is I'm kind of met with Q Branch, I guess. And I might be getting some equipment to help me in my day to day field here.
0: Oh, yes, yes. On
2: my health field going on here. So I might have some equipment I'll be placing on me to help me get by.
0: We were all very happy to find out the Q branch was going to provide that equipment and save yeah. you. You don't have to use those fifty gold sovereigns hid in your. <laughs> <That's right. No. laughs> yeah, Break over those fifty gold sovereigns.
2: That way, I can get back to the salt mines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were all very happy to hear that. So that is good news, Agent Cristados.
2: That right.
6: is outstanding news. You're here.
2: Thank you. I like I said, I'm getting excited. Hopefully, have this within uh, several days here, and we'll, we'll get going and you know get my health back on the normal with some help by these special tools. Maybe
0: be a cyborg. Yeah. I like it. Steve Austin, astronaut. A man barely alive.
7: Gentlemen, we can rebuild him.
1: We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man.
3: Better than he was before. Better, stronger, faster.
0: Excellent. Just in case you guys were wondering, we're planning on releasing the show monthly as a companion of the show that Van Allen Plexco and Alan Porter are doing. They're currently doing one 007 film per month as we build towards the release date of Bond 25 sometime. <laughs> yeah. My 2019 script. Yeah, my script says 2019 I heard it's pushed back Then I heard it's not going to get pushed back I don't know, we'll see If you want to keep up with that I recommend checking out James Bond Radio They are the lead in James Bond Podcast Check them out, they will keep you up to date And we will do the goofball stuff over here
4: Yes, they are the gold sovereign standard of <laughs> yes. 007
0: We're here just getting that fresh look at the 007 series Through the eyes of our newcomers here So if you want a more in-depth and academic look into the film series is complete with a host that has an actual British accent, you should stay tuned to this channel on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast or the free plug that we gave to James Bond Radio. But really, stay with us here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. We need the friends and we'll love you back.
5: <laughs> like us. Yeah
0: like us <laughs> on this channel you'll get van and allen show the show where van john ringer and i are doing the world cup of james bond eventually amongst other fun bonding things that we have planned basically Under magic secret podcast is your channel for 360 degrees of bond let's get today's film the spy who loved me but before we get our mission brief from agent jason he's going to jump into the action with no parachute in a segment called what makes you say that
7: <laughs> I'm now aiming precisely at your groin, says speak or forever hold your peace.
0: Jason has a sterling record in this game. I probably shouldn't have said that. It's like cursing the quarterback on the TV football. But I feel confident in Jason. So, Jason, are you ready for me to give you a line? You're going to tell me what line came before it in the script? Set them up. I'll knock them down. Okay. As usual, I'm going to try to start you off with one that's kind of easy to warm you up. And then I've got some tougher ones. And we'll see what happens. Here we go. Okay. Really, darling. It's amazing the items of information you store away. I know
4: the scene. I know the line. I'm just trying to make sure I have it. Anya Amasova. It's when they're looking at the model. Yes. And she says, after the... Yes. And, I, and I can't remember. You're so close. It's a, if you can remember that name, you're going to get it. Is it the Karl Marx? You got it. Oh, okay. After the Karl oh. Marx, of course.
0: There you go. That's word for word. Okay. After the Karl Marx, of course. Well done, Jace. I got you one more here. This one's going to be a little tougher because it's short, but I think you're going to get it. All okay. Right. On and off. Is your mission successful? You nailed it. Ah. Right. Jace. <laughs> oh, Oh, so that was awesome. Good job, Agent Jason. You always kill what makes you say that. I'm so proud of you. How about this? While you're doing great things, how about you give us a quick mission brief on The Spy Who Loved Me? I would love to give you a quick mission brief on The Spy Who Loved Me.
4: It's the biggest,
2: it's the best, it's bomb. and beyond.
5: Woman is major mass of uh, a russian agent let them get ashore the and then kill them
2: When this mission is over, I will kill you.
5: Within minutes, New York and Moscow will cease to exist.
1: He yes, has on there. I know, James. I'm sorry. I have to get her off.
5: agent in love with the Russian agent your time's running out Stromberg yours too mr. Bond yours too it's the biggest it's the best it's bond and beyond
4: brink of nuclear war. Submarines belonging to the US and USSR have disappeared under mysterious circumstances and the British call in their best operative, Jason Albrick, who was otherwise busy, so they got James Bond instead and they called him in to investigate the is on. Following the clues to Cairo, Bond faces mysterious assassins, Russian agents, and a giant hitman with steel teeth named Jaws. Ultimately, 007 teams up with gorgeous Russian agent Anya Amasova, try saying that three times fast, and the two spies combine their resources to uncover the mastermind of this dastardly plot. Billionaire shipping magnate Carl Stromberg. Bond and Anya travel to Sardinia to investigate Stromberg and his mysterious ocean fortress, and along the way they dodge a machine gun armed helicopter, motorcycle with a rocket for a sidecar, some heavily armed goons, torpedo firing frogmen, and of course Jaws. These two super agents are unstoppable, until they realize that Bond had killed Anya's lover just three weeks prior. And enraged Anya swears her revenge after the two complete their mission. In an amazing final battle sequence aboard a massive super tanker, Bond liberates the imprisoned submarine crews and they take down the villains in spectacular fashion. When Stromberg absconds with Anya to his aquatic fortress, 007 comes to her rescue, using his fighting skills to defeat Stromberg and Jaws, and using his charm to melt the heart of Anya. After the departure of Harry Saltzman from the franchise and the lukewarm reception of of Roger Moore's previous two films, Cubby Broccoli went all in with The Spy Who Loved Me. From its iconic pre-title sequence, to the submarine car, to the massive tanker set in the final act, the film roared onto the screen and became an instant classic. Grossing $138.6 million overseas and $46.8 million in the U.S., The Spy Who Loved Me breathed new life into the franchise. The cast included Roger Moore as James Bond, Barbara Bach as Anya Amasova, Kurt Juergen as Carl Stromberg, Richard Keel as Jaws, Bernard Lee as M, Lois Maxwell as Ms. Moneypenny, and Desmond Llewellyn
0: as Q. Back to you, Jared. Thank you for that, Agent Jason. And now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in a segment we call Declassified.
6: Do you expect me to talk?
0: I'm really worried about Delvin because 90% of this movie had watercraft in it, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anything, you know. <laughs> the pyramids. I saw pyramids. <laughs> yeah, there are pyramids, and then like there's just one big green screen the rest of the time. <laughs> Well, all right. We're going to break this movie into a few pieces to get the insights of our rookie agents. And then Agent Jason is going to give us his overall insights, along with a few bomb bombs of trivia, before leading Agent Delvin and Agent Patton to our scoring round. But first, we're going to break the rookie review discussion up into the following sections. The pre-title sequence, the song and the opening credits, and then what we call Agent Jared's Choice, where I pick something I think is really stand out from this film and get the rookie's opinions on it. And then we'll get their overall opinions on the film. So, rookie agents. We'll start with Pat this time. Ah. Exactly. What did you think about the pre-title sequence to this film, The Spy Who Loved Me? Oh, I was watching Spies Like Us. <laughs> 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 so,
3: what's all of us? There ain't nobody.
1: Spy like us. Hey,
3: hey, what did you say? Someone took your plans away. So, what's all of us? There ain't nobody.
2: Uh, did I watch the wrong movie?
0: Well, Paul McCartney did a theme song for Spies Like Us, and oh, there we go, and Live and Let Die. That's
2: right. Yeah. Well, I got some notes. This was another one that I took very few notes on, but I did have for the opening title a few notes and a question on this one. Go ahead. Uh, there were some few funny bits in there uh, where she tells him to pull out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we the may issue. want to cut Time that to one pull out immediately. Time to pull up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like his cool watch with the texting before texting was cool.
0: <laughs> yes, we talked about that. V-Van and John did a, a one on Gadget. So we laughed about like how much of that ticker tape yeah. is in there. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, I am
2: like, re- I went back and I'm like, but that's not really a big watch, but it's got this. T- <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> and like, she doesn't even know what's going on either. It's like, hey, what are you looking at? There's like something by my ear going off. Oh, don't worry about that, honey. <laughs> but I thought that was cool. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really cool kind of idea <laughs> to have that ticker tape kind of come up there. Texting when texting was cool. What, what would you do with that then? We just, you know, is it biodegradable? Does it, you know, how do you get rid of that? They didn't
4: worry about
0: stuff like that back then. <laughs> that's right.
2: You know, you know what do they do slip it in his pocket again Oh, I'll have to get rid of it back at the base. I got to shred this now.
0: <laughs> yep. You have to reload it. Every time you get more than like 14 characters, you're like, dang, I reload this thing <laughs> again. As far
2: as action goes, it was a pretty cool action scene with the ski. I'm like, oh, man, another ski scene. Is it going to be comparing it to the last one? But I like this one. It was pretty good. You know, they make Bond stand out in that bright yellow mm-hmm. and then that red, reddish orange kind of backpack that it has on. I'm like, why has he got a big backpack on it? Oh, that paid off, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. And I was like,
4: oh, cool.
2: You know, at the end with the parachute again, I'm like, oh, all right, that makes sense. now. That's really cool.
4: You know, you'd be almost disappointed if you didn't have to get chased off cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Is that fair? she <laughs> like... Damn, yeah, I just yeah, <laughs> lug this thing all the way back down the mountain. Yeah,
2: I know I'm like the guy said he's gotta go and so he's trying to get going. It's like why are you lugging this big thing on the back?
0: Oh he was here? doing that whether or not he was gonna be chased. That yeah. happened. That was on his list of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he was just hanging out at the cabin. And, hey, what are we gonna
2: do later? I'm gonna parachute down and hang <laughs> glide wherever I want to go. And let's talk about during the scene. You can tell we are in the seventies because you got that disco-y Bond oh, music going on after one. I like that
0: seven is the name of that song. Is that oh Okay, cool. What's it called? Bond 77. That's a good
2: song. I was kinda like jamming in my seat. I'm like, that's pretty cool with this little
3: bow, disco-
2: bow, bow. <laughs> Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, that's about what I got for the opening. Well, let's
0: Delvin. Throw it to like, Delvin,
5: yeah. So when they started the opening, they were in the sub and man they were doing sub stuff, and then the sub started shaking. My first thought was, oh hell no. <laughs> Why <I> didn't Watercraft? <laughs> I'm assuming it was a sub. Maybe it was a bus. I don't know. <laughs> bus throwing man. <sighs> but, yeah, I saw the sub rocking and I'm like, man, like, I've never been on a submarine before, but goodness, if that if that happened, I would
2: be scared. I, since you guys are military, have any of you been on a sub while it was underwater?
5: No, not me. No, none of us were Navy, though. Um, well, I didn't
4: know I if had, you, you know. I
0: had a $5 long at the beach once. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I was on one sub one time, and it was actually a North Korean sub that got stranded. This was in 96 or 97 when I was stationed in Korea. They were dropping off a special forces team to infiltrate in South Korea. So we ended up chasing these guys all around South Korea for a couple of weeks. But we went on to the sub to see what intel we could gather from the sub. But it was on a oh. stuck on a sandbar. So Oh, okay. It wasn't. Are no, you just describing oh. the plot of a Jack Ryan novel?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so No, this was a real-life adventure that I had in Korea in 96.
0: That's
2: cool. That's cool. Uh, to me, I would be claustrophobic, so I, I yeah, would be kind of freaking out. Uh, so big props to our uh, military men there that are doing that.
5: I'll keep going. I thought that the way that they introduced Anya, or what I'll be calling her as triple X, it was a very nice spin because, you know, you had kind of like the handsome guy and, you know, the, Girl kind of curled up against him, and then all of a sudden, like the call to mission goes, and both of them kind of roll their eyes, and then all of a sudden, Triple X or Anya reaches for the phone. Uh, like I thought that was well played. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. What kind of sweater do you think that guy was wearing?
4: <laughs> Russian. He's Russian. like no. half Wookie, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Dasvidanya>, Anya. Oh. <laughs>
5: And I did a small bit of reading about the ski scene and how, again, the stunt artists that they had did that thing on one take. And yeah, I wouldn't imagine you want to do something like that twice, but I wouldn't imagine you want to do something like that at all, free falling from a mountain like that. Like... like i remember seeing it and kind of taking it for granted but forgetting that this was 40 years ago and this is something that was like just not done at the time and i forget that these bond movies have introduced a lot of things that are now commonplace because they were mimicked so much and this is one of those things so it was a very very cool shot that was done so that was a great scene
4: Let's get a fresh take from The Rookies on the theme song and the opening credits. Delvin, what's your thoughts on the theme song and the opening credits?
5: For some reason, when you guys were doing a little bit of singing in the last show, I was thinking that the song was going to be The Spy Love Loved Me and not a song i had heard before, Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. So I thought it was a good song. It was kind of breezy, but it was pleasant. It kind of fit the theme of the movie somewhat. And whatever the opening stuff that they had going on in the background, it definitely fit the theme of that where, you know, you're seeing somebody bouncing on a trampoline playing, kind of, and, you know, they kind of do a few silly, sensual things with Bond and Anya. I thought it was good. I thought it was enjoyable, and I liked the song. Pat, what do you think?
2: I'm gonna agree with you there, too. That was, it's a song that I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this song. I've heard it different times throughout my life, one that I could relate to. If I'm gonna rate it, I'm gonna give it a 5 out of the 7 for a song, I think. Okay. I, think I was if you are gonna ask about your rating, so that's good. Yeah, we'll go back around, but this brought up one of my questions with the credits scene. I liked the credit scene as well, with how they do the shadows and all that I think it's very interesting very artsy how they do that is it Anya that is the girl doing the silhouette stuff
0: most of the time if it's silhouette stuff it's someone
2: else do they try to get somebody to look like her and is it bond as well too when they're running around like that
0: more a little bit in this opening sequence I think it's the first time he's appeared on the opening credits and I welcome Jason to jump in on that but I think this is the first time Roger Moore's appeared in the opening credits sequence if you actually glimpse a face, then it very well may be her. I can't remember. But if it's just silhouettes, it's, it's almost always a model. Okay. I didn't, but because
2: they kind of had the same kind of body figure That's as her and attention.
0: hair. And so yeah, that, I paid a lot of attention.
2: To yeah, that. I mean. <laughs> It was just something I thought. I'm like, wow, that kind of looks like her from the beginning.
4: I'm Jason, like do you have thoughts what? on that? Because I, I got to give you a solid, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Alan Porter! Alan Porter! Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe somebody out there can answer that. As I was watching it through, the more I got to the end, I'm like, was she bold enough to do that when they made those scenes? Because I'm assuming she's not wearing any clothes.
0: Well, if you're interested in that, check out a movie called Force 10 from Navarone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she shows her... <laughs> 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 and they are glorious. <laughs> what are we talking uh, about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: song, song, something. So, otherwise than that, I thought it was a very interesting credit scene. And then I thought there was a little something different than what we've seen in the past. So, I really like the song and the credit scene. Let's see what Delvin thought. What would you rate this song, Delvin, out of seven? If we're
4: going out of seven, then I will also give it a five. Jason? Six for sentimentality. I keep thinking back to that Roger Moore tribute after he passed away where they played that song and had all the clips of him from the movie, so get a little lump in my throat when I think about it so I'm going to give it a bump six Jared
0: I also am going to give it a six and there's a little sentimentality there too Jason and I used to go to this pizza place Jason will probably remember the name of it because I was pretty small and they would almost always have a James Bond movie played on a giant screen on the wall and we loved going to that pizza place and occasionally they would just be playing Bond music just over their speakers and they had a version of the song that actually had audio clips from the movie woven in and out of it and Jason and I always remarked about how much we liked that and to this day I've never been able to find that song again with that version i've always liked that i've always been attracted to the tune and and so long story short six very cool All right, for the new Jared's Choice segment this week, I wanted to focus in on that ski jump scene. Everybody commented on it. It was super cool. One take. Guy skis off a cliff. No wires. No blue screen. No green screen. This is old school. Guy did that for real. And I think that's pretty fantastic. So what I wanted to do was ask our rookie agents, speaking of the ski jump scene, what other memorable 007 stunts have stood out to you this far? We're 10 movies in. When you think back over the last 10 movies, you think of really cool stunts. What's the first three that come to mind? On, pat
2: oh man that, that's tough off the top of my head because now i have to think back through all 10 movies here boy
0: ah this is the fun of the jared show yeah. segment. i'm gonna be doing this a lot i'm gonna bring up something and say you know basically mm. what you've seen so far just you know whatever pops in your head man whatever you're like oh that's a cool stunt i got three right now <laughs> I've got i got 11 <laughs> i would
2: say you're gonna do the car with the flip um, definitely
4: yeah. definitely uh, Ding ding
2: ding! Oh, boy, I'm trying to think of some older ones that I thought were cool. I'll say the ski one and I'll
4: help
5: you out, Pat. There's the um, coordinated car scene that happened in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, even though it was a little bit botched, it was still a uh, very mm-hmm. cool stunt.
0: That was to try. cool. I
2: thought. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one.
0: Well, that's really the whole point of Jared's choices. I want to get from the fresh eyes of you rookies just a quick look back. Kind of a surprising question. Just What yeah. stood out to you? And I and I think those are great ones. The diamonds two wheel car chase. That whole car chase. General was cool. This ski scene, obviously. And then, of course, that car flip. Jason, toss in two more.
4: I'd have to go, going back to From Russia with Love, that fight scene on the train between Sean Connery and Donovan Grant there. I, I did to think
5: that, about that, Jason.
4: That scene was just brutal, man. That's one of probably one of the best fight scenes that we've seen yet. I was going to go with car flip as well. And Delvin, I think you took my other one. I was thinking Willie Bogner's introduction to the Bond franchise doing the ski stunts from Honor Majesty's Secret Service.
2: You know, I just thought of one from this movie as well. And this may be kind of off here, but when they're in the pyramid scene in that area there and Jaws is walking up higher and he's walking across that plank.
3: Yeah. Yeah, man.
4: (laughs)
2: Oh, man, I wouldn't do I'm, that. I,
4: know, I, know. I was thinking the same thing. I and like, he's a big, big guy walking across, big across boy. the whole plane. yeah, if he's walking over me, I'd be like, "What's it raining?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I do appreciate you guys throwing in with your quick thoughts on the stunts. The only one that I think I might toss in, too, is they did some pretty cool boat stunt work in Live and Let Die, and they did set a world record at the time for longest boat jump for that movie, so that was cool, too. But Good I point. just wanted to see which ones had stuck with you guys, and I think uh, some of the really cool ones stuck with you, so that was the theme for today's Jared's Choice segment.
4: All right, so let's get to the meat and potatoes here. Let's get the highs and lows from the rookies. Pat, why don't you give us your highs and lows on the film overall?
2: I did enjoy this, so I really didn't write down a lot on my notes here as far as highs and lows go. So I'm just going to ramble off my notes as I usually do. And we're going to start off with sweet bass, sweet evil bass. Man, this is really cool. An underwater base? Yeah, I didn't know what it was at first, and then until finally, you know, when it emerges, I'm like, "Wow, that's really sweet looking base."
4: Yeah, <laughs> if I awesome. ever get my GI Joe size um, action figure set, that base has to be
0: like one of the playsets. Yeah, okay. that would be Same cool to have. Sets, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure my parents will get it for me. <laughs> 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 I might get that little
4: bike, <laughs> the sea bike. <laughs>
2: The locations. You know, the more I, we watch these movies through, I'm starting my eyes catching on these uh, kind of really cool locations that they go to throughout the movies. And I think that's very cool and interesting to me to, to see that. I was really impressed in Egypt. They're all sitting on these chairs and looking at the pyramids, and there's some kind of a production going on. Does that still go on? Is that something you can do?
0: And I don't
4: I'm
2: know like, wow, oh, that's still really do that cool. Show
0: or not? That's a good question, man. If they yeah. do,
4: we totally got to go. <laughs> I was actually reading on IMDb and they say they still do that show. Oh, man. They still do that show today. We got to go there, man. Can I ask you guys a question? I'm sorry to interrupt, Pat, but did you guys notice in that scene, there's a scene there where Roger Moore's like, he's watching Jaws track down Fakesh and he's like hiding by this wall. Mm -hmm. And it's not him. It's a painting of him on the wall. Did you catch that? No. No. Did they fool you? Yeah. Yeah, If you go back and watch that scene, they reshot it and they didn't have Roger Moore more so they painted Roger Moore wow. on the wall and it's just a painting <laughs> of him standing there holding his gun like watching oh, Jaws. I'm going to look for that tonight man yeah <laughs> that's interesting check <laughs> it out it's just a painting hmm. but it's, <laughs> it's so well done that it fools everybody it's funny <laughs>
2: That's very interesting. Going back to the evil base. If you're going to have a big evil base, you will also have an evil base announcer.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> that guy Ten. That.
2: <laughs> nine. <laughs> eight. I'll stop.
0: <laughs> and counting.
2: <laughs> and counting. Uh, I thought that was like, oh, yeah, there we go. That's, that's the a job. Yep. <laughs> that's counting on Jerry. Got yep. more work. Got more work to do there, Jerry. You know, he, he gets spots around from evil villain to evil villain, you know, and just wherever and can get the money. You know, <laughs> got kids to pay for. <laughs> Question with Jaws. Was he in Highlander, too? No. Okay. I'm, maybe I'm no. getting that guy mixed up with it. Yeah, you're the,
0: mixing with Clancy the, Brown, the, I think. Clancy Brown, uh, who's okay. also an awesome actor.
2: All right. I'm just like, that guy's big, and this guy's big, too. And just how young Jaws looks here, that's what reminded me. So.
0: Did you ever see Happy Gilmore? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you can count, count on
4: me <laughs> <laughs> meeting you in the parking lot.
2: Oh. <laughs>
4: yeah, that was him. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yep.
4: <laughs> he was also in the longest yard with Burt Reynolds, rest in peace. Ah. Yeah. He was in Pale Rider. Pale he was Rider. in Pale Rider. Yeah. And other things too, but those are the ones that jump out. Speaking about bases, I have
2: other cool MI6 base in Egypt. I thought that was really neat. Again, where you have these on location bases that M hangs out in. Now I found that very interesting and cool. I'm just it's I'm all I'm all about the evil today. <laughs> evil okay. team they have matching suits you know yes, it should be yep i didn't see different colors but uh, you know they had the, the the red ones there everybody was kind of matching suits so i, I suppose if you're going to have a big expensive base you might as well make sure you have your workers wearing the same kind of clothing
4: i wonder if the colors are like motivation like you start off at like belts you know you start off as a white belt and you end up as a black. if you ever want to make red track suit you better straighten up and fly <laughs> right mister
0: don't run into anything It's a monorail, sir. (laughs) Exactly. Don't (laughs) screw this up.
2: Don't go too fast. I don't like it when you stop and jerk me in the monorail.
0: (laughs) You want to go back to pink tracksuit? Is that what you want?
2: You want to be in the pink (laughs) tracksuit? I'm doing your mom a favor. (laughs) Got you this job. I
0: got you this job.
2: (laughs) You want to be somebody like announcing Jerry?
4: Yeah. That guy's going places. (laughs) (laughs) Countdown Jerry has got a gold (laughs) tracksuit. Do you see anybody else out here with a gold tracksuit?
3: Just Countdown Jerry.
5: And then Countdown Jerry is like sitting over there smug, ten, and counting.
2: That's right. Oh, but other than that, uh, lots of action. Uh, I like the subcar. That was very cool to see.
0: Oh, yeah, that Lotus, man.
2: Yeah, that's a sweet-looking vehicle. That was sweet. That was cool. And I like Good the... story
4: behind there, too, if you don't mind me cutting in one more time. Well, why would I mind, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So apparently, the owner uh, and creator of the car, he really wanted this to get into a Bond picture. He came up with the plan to do it and literally just drove it and parked it out on the studios and then waited over lunchtime. And so, when the Bond Protection Company came out and saw the car, they started asking questions, and then that's how the car got itself into the Bond film.
5: Very cool. Kind of did a Lazenby a little bit yeah. there. It, yeah. He
2: did,
4: yeah. That's a very good point.
2: A couple more things. I liked how Bond and the, I'm bad with the names, the Russian X we'll call her. Yep.
4: Interesting uh, thing about triple <laughs> X, <you laughs> I knew it was I knew it was coming. I knew <laughs> it was coming. <laughs> i Do tell. I'm teasing. Do tell. I'm, teasing. I'm teasing. Go on. Go on.
2: I was, you know, Triple X. I was waiting for, where's Vince Diesel here? Where, oh. why, why, now, why is, a is he this is Triple X. <laughs> ah, yes.
4: We don't bring that up on this show. <laughs> that, I think <laughs> we need to make a pact about this right now.
5: That would have made some of the scenes pretty awkward if Vin <laughs>
0: Diesel had Triple X.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Shared
0: bodily warmth. <laughs>
3: uh, what the hell? Let's <laughs> get out of these wet things.
5: <laughs> no, keep keep the wet things on put more dry things on top of the wet pit. oh
2: yeah, so I do like the interaction between the two, between her and Bond, and the kind of cat and mouse game that they play for a little while, and then finally on on top of each other in more ways than one. But I just like how they try to best each other in their spying skills and things like that. that kind of comedy what a game that was yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, and it went for a little while throughout the movie. Definitely like that. Otherwise, lots of action. Enjoyed it. It kept me watching it all the way through, and so I didn't have a lot of other notes to write down. But let's go to smoke count. Smoke if you got him. I didn't catch him smoking anything. Did no, I miss
0: something? So. I don't remember smoking in this at all.
4: Did you notice that uh, this first time he orders the martini?
5: Yeah, it was almost like he was resigned to do it. Like, yeah, yeah, vodka <laughs> martini, I guess.
2: Did didn't she order it for him?
5: She did. Uh, yes, she, she did. Yep. She also brought up a decent amount of his past, and he was like, <laughs> Ooh, "Yeah, okay, I got, really okay. got it." Yeah,
0: that was a cool scene. Yeah. If that's it for Pat, we'll let Delp talk about
2: that. I just want to get to Double O Player. I got a count of four plays and two receives.
0: (laughs) So four passes and two completions. (laughs) Two completions. Yeah. (laughs) See if I can remember them. You had the lady in Fakesh's apartment. She got killed. Well, yep. you had the lady at the
4: opening scene. An opening, first. yeah. And that's a score, though.
0: Yeah, because they'd already done the deed. He's going for number two.
4: You could tell <laughs> sheets were all well, rumpled up.
2: And I guess then he got to make it three out of four. Then
4: oh, okay. So then you got Anya, it the was, lady in the okay. desert. You you know, have to delve deeply uh, into her treasures. treasures.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. That that one was a done deal. Yeah, that was there. You're in. felt a little
4: head.
0: dirty because you're like, this, yeah. is this girl like a slave? or... <laughs> like, like, yeah. I don't know about that one. And I'm not
4: sure if that was a single play right there. <laughs> I think there might have been some team effort.
0: We might have the gypsy camp all over again. <laughs> I don't know. That would always bug me because I was like, is this really voluntary? <laughs> I know. I'm a little worried about that one. I mean, she had a rose that
4: made it. <laughs> made she chose him, yeah. <laughs> it
2: was, it was like,
4: okay. You've no. seen The Bachelor, you get the
0: rose, and <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It feels like she's like this kept woman, but maybe on the inside she was like, finally a handsome dude. You know, thank yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it had been me she'd been like
4: oh, I gotta do the laundry <laughs> dishes I won't l- do themselves
2: I lost in rock paper scissors now I get <laughs> checked some <laughs>
4: delvin
5: what are your thoughts you know i'm gonna do some back and forth but i'm gonna set a theme of sorts it tilts a little bit at how many martinis that i'm gonna be giving it at the end there were inconsistencies that bugged me a little bit throughout the movie well let's get started with an absolute thumbs way up plus for jaws good god that is a huge man like (laughs) He grabs Roger Moore, like, in one of the first fight scenes that they have, and his hands almost completely covered his head, like— Good God! Yeah, you're in trouble when that happens. Yes, and so what I also do is give Roger Moore a ton of credit for selling that. Like I don't even know he was selling. It's like this man is enormous. Any scene that they were in together, they definitely made it obvious that Jaws was the one in charge physically, and Bond had to do whatever he could to try and end the fight as quickly as possible because one of those punches would have just sent him in a friggin' orbit. So. Ugh yeah just so so huge i like jaws a lot not so much i wasn't a fan of strongbow i thought that he was kind of a snake sometimes like you have the bad guy that you kind of respect a little bit or you kind of get behind him like just like off the top of my head like an art goldfinger i, mm-hmm. I respected goldfinger a, a lot but strongbow you know he demanded loyalty because he um killed the first girl said like well you were the one who had to give away my secrets but then he didn't honor his word and he killed the two dudes who actually were loyal to him. Mm-hmm. As soon as he did that, I was kind of like, I, I don't, I don't really like this guy too much.
4: I always thought it was weird too, because like, seemed like he was always at dinner, like at his dinner table, <laughs> or and he was always like in those pajamas, <laughs> like, like he <laughs> liked his comfort. Yeah, I was like, "Come on, man! You at least I mean, what try- the heck else are you going to do underwater all day?" <laughs> I guess that's that's a solid point. Interesting, just Interest- to be Quick to correct. It's
5: Stromberg. Oh, I kept messing up the name. I didn't get the name right until probably about not joking here the last twenty minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, it's Stromberg because I wrote down in my notes. I was like, "Is it is it Strongbow? Should Strong?" <laughs> So yeah, I, I screwed up the name at first. That's all right.
0: You're, Here's you're, a, yeah, it's a yeah. Here's another
4: if you wanna go back and look at something that's kinda of cool is the scene when the underwater car comes out of the water. there's a little boy that points to the car, that little boy is Richard Keel's son. Oh wow. Was <laughs> Richard Keel's son about like six foot three, maybe? <laughs>
5: now,
4: well I don't know what he is now, but yeah, he looked like a normal sized kid there.
5: I'll keep going. You've mentioned it before but I have to keep bringing it up because it's that bad. <laughs> I know where this is at. <laughs> that first fight scene. Like, who knew that two kicks to the butt could cause so much damage? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> was that the one with the guy on the roof? Yes. Oh, okay. like, I'm looking at that fight
5: <laughs> objectively and I'm like, okay, the offense that the bad guy got in was more effective than James Bond's offense and I'm sure I'm going to see more this since Roger Moore, he did seven movies, right? This is movie three of seven. He's just getting older and older. (laughs) I never have to see Roger Moore kick anybody
2: again. (laughs) Ever. Why would you, as an evil guy, why would you have that shorter guy when you got Jaws? You got someone to
0: throw off the roof for a plot point.
2: Yeah, that's true. That guy was
4: (laughs) pretty stacked, too, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he was, was. That was not a small guy.
0: Yeah. But you know what? No one remembers his name.
2: Yeah, but when you put him up next to... It's yeah Chandler. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's Chandler? Chandler? What's his name? Chandler. Chandler. Okay. So his yeah, what...
5: real name Ross? <laughs> it's worth mentioning, because Jaws kind of had this whole vampire thing going on. Like, I would love to know what he cleans his mouth out with, because that's effing gross. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. He bit people's necks. He bit through chains. He bit through a shark. <laughs> That's right, Pat. He bit through a shark.
2: Oh, man. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> I would love to know what the heck he cleans his teeth with. I was thinking the same thing, too. I'm like, is he going to bite him? And then come on, you got these big hands. You can just smack him in the face and knock him out.
5: Yeah, he could probably suffocate someone with his hands alone. Mm-hmm. Scary. Those hands are freaking enormous. So there was a scene where Jaws kind of ran away from a gun. That's one of the inconsistencies. Jaws has no reason to run away from a gun. This dude could pick up a car and stall it. At minimum, a bullet That's is going bullet to be an proof. inconvenience to this dude. Yeah, he can take a bullet to the mouth and it's miles <laughs> <away weird>. inconvenient. <laughs> That's true. There's one point when they were kind of doing the back and forth with Bond and Triple X, where to me, it felt like a TV show. It, it was weird, the banter that they had going back and forth with each other. And, and I'm going to touch on that again uh, very quickly. The first time that Bond and Triple X went against Jaws, Bond kind of quipped a little bit, but he really did nothing to help the fight at all. Like He made jokes about Triple X's driving, of which, <laughs> which while the joke was funny... It was also inconsistent because somehow Triple X knew what a cylinder gasket was, but she couldn't put a car in reverse. Uh, not consistent. To me, there was literally zero reason for Bond and Triple X to make out at first. And I never bought into their chemistry. Not even once. I mean, this is the 10th movie. You know, you're going to have your hits and misses with the chemistry. This seems like probably the first movie I watched where I didn't even agree that they should even like each other. They went through Bond saving her life and then them doing that. I, I kind of got that. But they're both spy. It's kind of what you do. I didn't get the chemistry. I just, I never did see it. I, I would love to hear any commentary from my senior agents about this. What did you guys think about the chemistry?
0: Well, I will say this. I feel like Barbara Bach is one of the more divisive Bond girls. People either really like her or really don't. So I can see where you're like not buying it. Jason,
4: thoughts? I guess I didn't have as big of a problem with it, but you got to remember that I got introduced to this when I was like, you know, seven, eight years old and saw it growing up every day. So when I watch it, it just seems natural to me now as an adult, but I can see your point. And I guess as I sit here thinking about it objectively, Roger Moore was a great Bond, I'll say that. And he was very charming and he was very handsome. But I think in terms of just pure sex appeal, it's hard to top Sean Connery. And so I think when we see the Sean, and Connery films, and we see that appeal between the man and woman, the very raw, natural. Sex appeal. That just seems more realistic to me, I think, if okay. I'm being totally honest and looking at it. looking at Roger Moore and some of these women, especially when that age difference really starts kicking in. It starts going, oh man, well, good how, acting on you, lady. Good uh, acting. How,
3: how,
2: how could you turn down a man in a tall onesie or whatever?
4: <laughs> Terry Cloth Cloth
2: onesie. Yeah. Well, Baby it's, blue. I mean, don't, that's we, the answer we, to that question. Uh, you don't
4: turn them down. <laughs> we joke about it, but I. He I mean, pulled it off. Everybody in the world would laugh at any one of us on a Terry Cloth onesie, but he, he looks good in it. You know, there's just something about the Sean Connery sex appeal that, you know, like I said, Roger Moore had charm, but sex appeal, you know, that animal magnetism, maybe not as much. And I see what you guys are
5: playing on. What I'm playing on more is just how the chemistry was developed almost. Earlier in the uh, movie, there was a scene where he went to uh, Fakisha's house and, you know, the girl is clearly trying to distract him, and then all of a sudden the girl just dives in front of a bullet for him. What? Why would she do that? There was no reason for it. And then, you know, as they develop the whole Spy Who Loved Me with Triple X, I just looked at him for so some reason I just didn't buy that she, who had kind of just found out that the love of her life had passed away, would immediately fall into the arms of any
2: man, much less James Bond. I thought she was doing it just as in her own spiral, trying to you know using hey. that sex appeal to get Bond's guard down and things like that. At the time before they started working together, because they were both trying yeah. know, a piece of a device, so that's, that's what I thought. That. That's a really good point was she continuing
0: to do that throughout the rest of the movie i think she officially falls for him after the train fight
2: i think once he yeah once he saves her, on he train, saves that's her. That's yeah they, that's it's, when they officially got that was a good fight scene there too i like that one what? to me that's a better fight scene than the we'll say it don't say it, <laughs> I, 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 it. I, well i don't, don't I, she say it I already said I wasn't really enjoyed that original fight scene on the train. I liked this one a lot better. I'm
4: saying it. And that's why you're a rookie. That's why you're a rookie. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody get the pink (laughs) (laughs) tracksuit. (laughs) Somebody get demoted (laughs) to pink (laughs) tracksuit.
5: Man, I was so close. You know what? I, I will help out my fellow rookie agent, at least on this much. The ambush was awesome. It because was. Triple X goes to open a closet, and there's Jaws, like, whoa. Didn't yeah. see that coming. That's. How long does he got to sit in there?
0: How long was he, <laughs> he in there? He's you huge. Know, and he had to
4: have his head like cramped to the side like that. that and, and a guy his size, he had to be hungry.
5: So there's probably probably like a bunch of wrappers of treats like at the bottom of the closet. <laughs>
2: Because, you know, I would think it would be a while just from her comment of, boy, that was a really good meal. You know, so obviously she was sitting down and eating for a long time. So he's stuck in the closet going, man, when are those guys going to get back?
0: Did they like, like, order dessert? <laughs> he's like, oh, when she opens it up, though. She's going to be so scared. Now
2: they're having coffee at the end of it.
0: Man. Wish I had another Zag nut.
2: I, mean, I, sh- I should have went to the bathroom.
5: So I have a few more highs. Naomi, she was a freaking knock out like woo. I thought she was prettier than Triple X actually. I agree. Maybe maybe Triple X thought that because she was shooting her daggers the whole time she was around. Another high, Stromberg's Fortress. I did like that. It reminded me of any comic book fans like the Injustice League layer. Yes. 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 <laughs> I agree. Yes, good. I got agreement. I saw that and that was the first thing I thought. Yet another high. The car turning into the hydro ship. That's cool. You know, here oh, today time, yeah. in the year of our Lord twenty eighteen. I would imagine people <laughs> saw that back in the 70s and was like oh my what is what and just freaked the heck out about it they were doing a submerge from the water and they were coming to the beach I'm like yes yes this is cool and then they had Bond drop a dead fish and I'm like oh Ah, they
0: will always Roger
5: Moore up those scenes <laughs> oh, man. <Let's laughs> didn't like the dead fish, eh? No. No, the dead fish was a dead fish. And inconsistency, so I guess this is a bad thing, is as much as Stromberg had, you know, at stake, you would think that he would have just killed Bond on the spot. He didn't. He blowfelded it up. <laughs> he he felled it up, and he <laughs> decided to have him go on this long walk to go with the rest of the submarine crews, which is yet another point. Stromberg had no problem whatsoever with you using nuclear missiles to take out New York and Moscow. They had no problem doing that, but he kept the submarine crews alive? Why?
4: That was my problem with that too. Just kill them.
5: They, yeah. They're taking away from the food that he needs when he's sitting in his pajamas hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. Um, you converted especially, hey, you like this tracksuit? <laughs> <laughs>
4: You look good in this orange track. I don't know. Does it come in gold? Easy now. (laughs) Easy now. Come on. Because he's like, if you
5: don't come out now, we're going to just nerve gas you. Stromberg didn't mind double crossing. He could have just
4: nerve gassed them anyway. Right. And then chucked the bodies overboard. Away you go. He killed the two dudes
0: that developed his tracker for him.
5: (laughs) Right. He has no problem killing, but unless he has a problem killing... It was awfully convenient, I'll say that. Much like, you know, it was a cool scene that Bond had to defuse one of the bombs, but there were dozens of crew there who work on a nuclear
0: submarine
5: <laughs> who know Are you saying how- there's people with better
0: resumes? <laughs>
5: Again, you know, these inconsistencies kept creeping up. The plot to blast into the main chamber, cool. The missile launch to get the subs to attack each other, that was also cool. The escape from the big sub at the end of the movie, that was pretty cool to me as well because that was a pretty harrowing escape. I was like, dang! Heck of a bold move under pressure by a non-James Bond character. Like, it took a submarine captain to do something like that. Uh, He was
4: pretty
2: badass. I liked that. I I thought that, yeah, yeah, the sub-captain was pretty cool guy.
5: It was pretty cool to see Stromberg go out the way he did, because Bond was like, <laughs> bang,
0: bang, <Yeah>. bang. <laughs> like, <dang>. Yeah. <laughs> Take note, James Bond very rarely straight up kills somebody with his gun, especially a main villain. And yeah. One of those times where he did it. When he, he it, does, it's he, glorious. Yeah, he did it, and they
5: showed it. I mean, they showed it actual holes in Stromberg, like dang okay and I said last but I lied because there's one more thing again because I've mentioned him already several times Jaws when he dropped Jaws in the pool I'm like I don't think he's gonna die because they I mean cause <laughs> he, he keeps it sure enough he freaking grabs a shark and bites the
4: freaking shark I would have just left him hanging there man would yes later yes.
2: and- I would have thought he yes. jumped it
0: <laughs> Jump the
2: shark, yes. uh, that was a good one that was not, was not. It was kind of It was.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh,
5: uh, <laughs> I appreciate your cell, though. Your cell oh, though was yes, really it. good. Gentlemen, just overall, there was definitely good uh, in this movie and a decent amount of it. But there like, were these creeping inconsistencies that kept happening that you know how it goes like in any movie or thing where like if you get through enough of it and there there hasn't been inconsistencies and there's like one or two at the end, you're like, and the rest of this movie was awesome. No, who cares? But like if it creeps up just enough during the movie, you start just kind of looking for that next shoe to drop. And that's kind of what I found myself doing with this one. That's it, guys this all got
0: well done to the rookie agents the only thing that i would like to add before i pass it off to my brother jason this is the first time since the death of tracy that we really get a direct reference to that i always uh, appreciate that i thought that was a neat scene that roger moore played really well where he was like all right this is where the conversation ends you know type of a deal and i thought that was really cool and uh, yeah. heads up we'll have two more tracy references i think is all we have left in this series
2: Oh, really? Okay.
0: Jason can correct me if I'm wrong on that, and I'll pass the mic to Jason. I think you're right on that. I think we've got two more movie references to Tracy,
4: but that was the one thing that I was really going to talk about as well. I think this is the one scene where Roger Moore really comes into, embraces the full role and character of James Bond, and that scene where he talks about his wife, and he makes the comment that he's sensitive about some things, and just the look on his face, you know. He usually has that cheerful twinkle in his eye, and a little smile, and it's just gone.
2: I think it sold it for Triple X as well, too. Like, man, she knows some stuff that she could get under his skin.
4: Yeah, very get, good I mean, You know what
2: I mean? I thought very uh, reasonable foe there.
4: This is Lewis Gilbert's second directorial effort here. He came aboard and he did You Only Live Twice, which also had a monorail. Hmm,
0: among some other similar <laughs> plot points.
4: Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of one of the points. And, and I talked a little bit. Well, I talked a lot about it. <laughs> with, When we got asked the question about directors. And Lewis Gilbert really is one of those directors that they brought in when they didn't really have a fully fleshed out script. And they had that problem with You Only Live Twice. And they had this problem with The Spy Who Loved Me. Because, well, number one, Ian Fleming did not like his story, the novel. The Spy Who Loved Me. So much so that it was in his contract that they couldn't make the movie until after he passed away. And they didn't really want to use the novel, so they used parts of it. And then there was a rush and they had a bunch of scriptwriters that came on and kind of hammered out a script. They brought Lewis Gilbert in to kind of bring it all together. So he he always was able to kind of make magic out of chaos, I think. He'll actually it'll be the third in the monorail trilogy will be our next one, a little spoiler, also directed by Lewis Gilbert. Gilbert, which is Moonraker coming up
2: Is there a Countdown Jerry Trilogy
4: <laughs> 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 Or Saga There, there really needs to be a Countdown Jerry trilogy Yes <laughs> But I just wanted to kind of close the circle when we talked about the chemistry between Anya and James Bond in the movie. I think if you're really interested in the story, there's the novelization of The Spy Who Loved Me by Christopher Wood, which is really good. It's loosely based off the movie, but it's written in a Fleming-esque style. And if you read the book, I think you'll get a better uh, idea of what attracts Bond to Anya and Anya to Bond. Okay. And it is a really good read. You also get a lot more backstory on Stromberg. You get backstory on Jaws. It's different enough that it's really entertaining. It has some additional scenes and some modifications of scenes. So it's a fun read. And you can get it like I picked it up used for like two bucks. It's well, not or expensive you can have the at all. JBR guys, read it. To you. Very good point. JBR, yeah, they did an audiobook of it. Uh, it was like a two-parter or a three-parter or something like that. Or, uh-huh.
0: They literally and, read the whole thing and then we'll discuss it every few chapters.
4: It was pretty So yeah, if you wanted to look that up on James Bond Radio and just kind of listen to them read through it and discuss it, that's a lot of fun as well. So that's, uh, I just wanted to close the loop with that. And with that, I will give you my three Bond bombs. Bomb number one, the super tanker was so large that they weren't able to get sufficient lighting for the set. So Ken Adam turned to advice from screen legend Stanley Kubrick. And Stanley Kubrick came over and helped overcome the challenges. And his recommendation, which you see in the film, was just put in massive floodlighting and make it part of the super tanker. And so you'll see when they first come onto the super tanker, the floodlights come on. So that's how they solved that problem. Also, Stanley Kubrick's daughter, Katharina Kubrick, designed
0: Jaws' teeth. Was that an original idea, or did she bite that off of somebody else?
4: (laughs) Bond bomb number two. So the film closes, teasing that Bond will return and For Your Eyes Only. However, the success of Star Wars prompted the studio to push ahead the release of Moonraker as the next film in the franchise. And they crapped that out in a hurry, as you will see. <laughs> Don't go taking their opinions. I like Moonraker, man. I'm not afraid to say it. That's a good movie. There's one scene I would cut away from that forever, and I think you know what it is, but the rest of it could stay. And finally, Bond Bomb number three. So the Egyptian government wanted to make sure that their country was perceived in a favorable light. They assigned a minder to the film crew. So during the fight scene between Bond and Jaws, where the scaffolding collapses on Jaws, and Roger Moore makes that Egyptian builder's comment, he had to actually mouth that, and they dubbed it in later. Later in post-production. And so I guess when it was eventually released in Egypt, the crowd just roared in laughter and it really embarrassed the Egyptian government. Way to go, Eon. Uh, in Eon international incidents.
0: Yeah, great <laughs> international incidents. So those are my three bomb bombs. So back to you, Jared. With those 07 trivia nuggets safely tucked away, it's time to have our rookie agents score this film. All right. One to seven martinis back.
2: I am going to rate this one a five. Five martinis from me. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the action. Uh, I definitely liked it. It was pretty well fast-paced. The locations, too, were really
4: cool. That's a pretty strong drink. Delvin, what do you think, sir? I'm giving it four martinis.
5: Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad. As I mentioned a few times, I just, I never bought into the chemistry between Triple X and Bond. I thought Stromberg could have been more evil to have such a huge plan like he had. My favorite part of the movie was, in addition to the action, was Jaws. Jaws was freaking awesome to me. A devastatingly effective foil for James Bond. So I, I did enjoy that, but it was just a few inconsistencies that I had that put me at that four level. And I want to add something about more. Three movies Movies in, I'm still on the fence about Roger Moore, as opposed to three movies in to Sean Connery. And I was like, oh, yeah. This is like between the action and well, that's Sean.
4: getting creepier, my friend.
5: <laughs> and so, all I'm saying is, of the three Bonds that I've seen thus far, between Lazenby, between Connery, between Moore, I have Moore at third, and it's not even close. Even though Lazenby had one movie, I was convinced that dude could have played Bond for the long term because he had the look, and he definitely had the fighting chops as well. And as he delivered on that ending scene, he can get the emotional moments too and Sean Connery did the same thing and Moore is he's done well in some of them like the emotional stuff he's done pretty good in but like convincing me just like you mentioned about his sex appeal not really and his action scenes are they're laughable they're downright
0: laughable so I have him at third right now and it's pretty distant I'll go ahead and be honest with you Delvin I've watched a lot of Bond movies as you know I've seen a lot of Bond actors come and go and Roger Moore actually is the bottom on my list. And I love the man. I adore him. But I, he's my least favorite Bond.
5: And it's so weird because I even was watching like um, a little bit of a documentary about The Spy Who Loved Me and he was sitting there uh, as an older gentleman and he was in a nice suit and I'm like, still looks like an older Bond. He does look like James Bond, but it's like it's the difference between Sugar and Splenda.
4: One will give you that.
0: it's the way I've always put it. and Maybe this will ring with you, Delvin. I believe James Bond needs to be charming, gentleman spy, but you also have to believe that he will do the dirty work. You have to believe that he will strangle a guy in the back of an alley and dump his body in a dumpster because that's what he's paid to do. And I think you can believe that of all the other actors except for Roger Moore. You just can't mm-hmm. see him doing the dirty work, except no. for one film which we have yet. To oh see. yeah, he does. He, he, he cranks it up a notch in one we got coming
4: up. <laughs>
5: Okay. Trust me. You you know, of course, I'm along for the ride. I'm interested to just see how more develops. And maybe he was just kind of put in a weird spot because, you know, you want to put your own stamp on the character and the movies that you're a part of. But at the same time, just like you mentioned, Jared, with James Bond, you got to hit certain marks because let's face it, James Bond is a superhero. And like with any superhero, you have to get those certain facets just nailed down. And He is good at some and just outright awful at others. And that kind of leads me to have mixed feelings about him. And I guess it might just be that way for um, the rest of the four movies, but I'm here for it. Three movies.
4: Three? One's going to be way different, I think. (laughs) One <laughs> what, what is my all-time favorite
0: Bond movie. It's definitely my tops. Yeah, it's probably my top three. Easy. We'll get there. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And now it's time to crown this episode's Double O Award winner. Pat Delvin will do this by answering a series of trivia questions on The Spy Who Loved Me. Delvin is the current champion. But before we do that, let's take a quick break to thank our Patreon sponsors.
7: White Rocket.
0: All right, folks, I know it's a long list, but these are the people who are making it happen. And we've got to give the shout-out to the people who are donating over the Patreon. We welcome you to please join and donate to the Patreon. You don't have to. It's never expected. But, man, we'd like a little surprise in there, if you know what I'm saying. And by surprise... I mean money. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Thanks to Christopher Burleson, Joseph Fine, Phil Amthor of WeHaveDonuts.com, Susan Trawick HasNoDonuts.com, Ben Spooner, Stephen Thompson, Chris Usher, yeah. Justin Bean, Steve Trawick, Richard Stevens, Jacob and Robin Fleming. Ooh, I like that name. Clay Henson, Auburn Tiger Talk, and Conjian, Catherine England, George Gaston, Will Summerford, John McCune, Tom Anderson, David Evers, Andrew Barber, Timothy, Steve Harlan, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Rich Reimer, Gerard. Rod William Glenn Matthews, Hugh Anderson, Shane Bailey, Matt Robinheimer, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, Tony Perry, Alex Quinn, Josh Teal, David Simpson, Earl Ricks, worry, Earl, Mike Finley, C.T. Wayne, Michael Kirshner, David Powell, Chris, poor damn Wade, Jasoan Albrecht, Randall Walker, Ben Amos, Joshua Corbett, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, whoop whoop, Patrick Williams, I met Patrick at DragonCon, it was cool. Rob Morgan, Stephen Schuster, James Taylor, Thank you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. hi, John Stubbs, Kenneth Brent Rains, Nicholas Craig. Oh, you gosh, ain't got so to lie, so Nicholas right. Craig. Russ Milling, oh, so Matthew lie. Wagstaff, Joey Miller, Mark Squire, David Medinas, Spanky. That's right, Spanky. <laughs> Brant Rumble, J.W. Rice. What J-W. are you boy? Some, Some <laughs> stay machine. Plus, our one-time and anonymous donors. If we miss anybody, please hit us up, and we will correct that. We have our contact information coming up at the end of. The show. If you'd like to help pay the lease on our coconut late junk, you too can help sponsor the show over at patreon.com. Just search the keyword Plexco and you can give as little as $1 a month to help keep Agent Jason stocked with lifelike mannequins of his enemies. <laughs> I've already read it once and it still makes me laugh. like all those other folks whose names you just heard you'll get a shout out on every episode of all white rocket entertainment shows including this one as a patreon you also get bonus material behind the scenes information on all white rocket endeavors including our novels comic books and more speaking of which our comic book cold lightning number one is out there and about in an ash can version and i gotta say myself it's looking good if you like sci-fi action adventure look into a little cold lightning
4: all right let's find out who this mission's trivia double o award winner is going to be so we can lord it over the other guy until next episode. Agent Jer and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six. We'll take turns asking each of our contestants a question. You get it right, that's one point. You get it wrong, your opponent has an opportunity for a steal. Most points gets you the coveted double O award, a Solex agitator, and a diminutive personal assistant who needs work. While supplies <laughs> last, not available in all areas. Let's start the segment we like to call Agent. Under
2: fire. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy.
4: Pat, who do you want to sponsor you tonight?
2: I'm going to go with Jared.
4: Oh. He set you up
0: for the wins, man. I'll try. I'll
4: try. It looks like you're going to win tonight, Delvin. Woohoo! <laughs> you want to go first or second delvin second kick it off jared
0: all right patrick stromberg stole three submarines from three different countries name those three countries the u.s correct russia correct and oh boy i don't i don't know delvin your first opportunity for a steal you know mop the floor with pat tonight the funny thing is <laughs> I, I was case. like blanking on the u.s
5: one but then russia and great uh, Britain. yeah
4: one point for delvin yeah so 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 Pat, basically, is the whole reason that Bob put. It, <laughs> it was mission. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
2: know. I'm, I'm just totally. been a rough day for
4: Pat. Yeah. <laughs> this is your easy question, Delvin. So if you get this, I think you're sitting in the catbird seat. Where does 007 get the detonator that destroys the bad guy's protective wall or Stromberg's tanker?
5: He got the detonator from one of the nuclear missiles.
4: Ding, 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 ding. That's right. But we were looking for a little more specific. What was the number of the nuclear? <laughs> 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 now you,
0: got uh, you cracked me up. I couldn't sell that one. All right. Medium round. You got to come out swinging, Pat. You got to right. uh. get a steal here, Pat, to be in it. All right, Pat. Medium round. What country did 007 kill Triple X's lover in?
2: Man, uh,
0: Austria. Ooh! Well played, Dude, I, well I, played. Thought, I
4: thought he was gonna miss it. I really did. I it thought surprised I was me. counting him out. I
0: was counting him out there for a second. but Don't count. Out the Samson. I was in their purse.
4: I could feel it over my phone. Like, he's like oh, a <laughs> hawk, just ready to swoop in. Alright, well if you get this, you still keep your one-point lead. Wait a second. Lead. Delvin, hawk noise, go! There we go. Oh, that was pretty good. That's That's cool. That was as good as my Wookiee. Dovin, your question. When we first see Bond in Egypt, what mode of transportation is he using? <laughs> <laughs> it's my
5: nemesis, transportation. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is it's not water-based. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, somebody might have steal Kevin put on. The, Are you going
0: to even it up in the second round? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Pat. It's a camel. Ding, 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 camel. ding, ding, ding. Oh. This is all of a sudden, this is a ball game right now. <laughs> Battle with Pat. Oh, I can't believe it. Well, Pat, I have a funny feeling you're not going to do well on your hard yeah, Probably not. <laughs> yeah, Given so your this answers, is your long- easy hey, at, least, at
2: least I'm hanging in there. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like Bond with Jaws, man. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Wait, you made it two to two, rolled into the hard All box. I need to do is have Delvin kick me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here's your hard question. I'm counting you out based on your answer to your easy question, but let's find out. What was the name of the hijacked British submarine from the pre-title sequence?
2: Ah, oh, man. Is it, uh, I'm going to say Polaris, but I, I don't think that's right.
0: That's a fine guess, but it's not correct. Delvin? Steele? Nope. I don't know it. Jason, you want a point? <laughs> The Granger. That's right. HMS Granger. Mm. Well,
4: Delvin can seal <laughs> it up here. All right, Delvin. If you get this one, you win. If not, we gotta go into extra innings. Packers, Packers steal it. Steal yeah. it. Yep. Ooh. All right. So your question is what fake surname do 007 and triple X travel under? Sterling. Big Oh bottom of the night.
0: That's one of the most <laughs> a little something special for Delvin. There. <laughs> this <laughs> is one of oh, the more exciting games
4: we had right here. This I one tell was, you what, has. you brought it. You brought it. You,
0: I'm proud of both <laughs> of you. Well, congratulations to Delvin in a hard fought battle. Be sure to do the right and proper thing and lord this victory over Pat until you meet again in the field next
7: episode. You want it. You keep it, old buddy.
4: Nobody
5: does it. <laughs>
1: makes me feel sad for the rest nobody does it nobody does it half as good as 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 me (laughs) (laughs) damn it you're the best. best
0: Now for our final segment of the show, well, unless you count the mailbag, entitled Return Fire. During the Return Fire, our rookie agents Pat and Delvin get to toss Jason and I a trivia question that they brought with them in an attempt to stump the 00 experts. So, I'm sure Delvin's got a ballbuster. Let's get going with <laughs> Return Fire.
2: This never happened to the other fellas.
5: I actually don't think the question's too tough, but I I don't know. I've I've been wrong before. When Bond got, you know, his cool message on the watch, what time was it on his watch?
2: Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.
0: That's good. Do you know, Jason? Hell no, I don't know. Who knows that? Come on,
5: man. I'll give you the hint that it was actually straight up on the hour. Oh, that does
4: help a little bit. It does, me too. It was Uh, four o'clock.
5: It
0: was four Uh, o'clock. Whoa. (laughs) Wow.
4: I don't know why, but when you said it was straight up on the hour, that triggered it, like, right, it popped right into right. my head. Wow.
0: Man, I was going to guess nine, so God bless you, Jason. You saved us both. Well done. And not a bad question, either. What you got, Pat? I'm going to keep
2: it with some numbers here. I'm surprised, okay. surprised. And then I'm pull sure you guys will probably get this I got to
0: pull up some texts I sent to Jason while I was watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I sent Jason some texts.
2: Okay. <laughs> what is the hull number of the U.S. submarine? Oh, that came up a lot. The United whole States number? the whole number. What was the wrote, number of the US let submarine? Let me tell
0: you something. I sent Jason the number on Jaws' van, the number of the <laughs> navy helicopter Bond rides in at the beginning. <laughs> I wrote down the number of the license plate on the Lotus, but I didn't <laughs> write down the whole number of the stupid submarine. Can you give me a, uh, like a hint like how many digits it is or three digits? It's uh it's uh 593. Uh, uh, Correct. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely getting in the weeds. <laughs> jason completely saved us (laughs) yeah wow useless tonight
4: well done jason nicely done guys love those questions agent jared what do we have
0: in the eyes only mailbag this week
1: what no small talk no chit chat
0: Oh, we've got some stuff. We've got some stuff. I want to thank you again for saving my bacon completely and return fire. <laughs> you are the hero. And as a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com or over on our Twitter page at ohmspod. If you like, you can even use the email. And as a reminder, that's ohmspod at outlook.com to send us an audio recording of your question or comment. We might even play it on the show. We would love to hear from you and make you a part Of our show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener, we greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show on iTunes. That will help raise the show's profile to attract more of the 007 family to this program. As a reward for leaving a review, we'll read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Let's get into our first semi regular feedback segment from Q's research and development team, better known as RAD, for their RAD thoughts on Bond. Here we have fellow podcasters and friends of the show, Ruth and Darren, from their RAD Adventures podcast. Network Now, normally, RAD stands for Ruth and Darren, but here on our show, it stands for Q's research and development team. Let's get into this episode's RAD
6: Thoughts on bond
3: Hi, I'm Ruth.
6: And I'm Darren.
3: Of the RAD Adventures Network.
6: We're with Research and Development Q Branch, and we're here to share our thoughts about The Spy Who Loved Me from 1977.
3: Roger Moore is back as 007 in what is generally considered by critics and fans to be his best James Bond film, and even Roger Moore himself said this was his favorite Bond film.
6: And I completely agree with that. Roger Moore did some terrific Bond films, but this has always been my favorite. I remember seeing this in the cinema when it was first released, and while I was already a fan of the Bond movies, seeing this one on the big screen was special, and the movie has remained a favorite of mine ever since.
3: That isn't surprising because there are so many memorable scenes, including the opening ski chase, an underwater city, a submarine car, and a completely different kind of jaws than the one from the Steven Spielberg film.
6: There were lots of issues behind the scenes during pre-production, from the financial problems of Harry Saltzman that led him to selling his share of the Bond films to the construction of a huge soundstage to be used for the interior of the supertanker, to rights issues related to the story that only gave permission to use the title of the book, but not the plot of the book.
3: But everything came together perfectly on screen for a fun and action-packed outing.
6: The film is directed by Lewis Gilbert, who directed the earlier Bond film You Only Live Twice with Sean Connery. And there are a couple of homages to that earlier film, including a super tanker that swallows submarines, similar to the earlier film that had a giant spacecraft that could swallow space capsules.
3: The film features Richard Keel as the memorable villain Jaws. We were lucky to meet him at Dragon Con several years ago. He was charming and fun to talk to, and obviously loved chatting with his fans.
6: Interestingly, Richard Keel was offered both the parts of Darth Vader and Jaws at the same time but he chose the part of Jaws because viewers could see his face instead of being behind a mask as Darth Vader.
3: The character of Jaws proved so popular that he returns in the next movie, so we'll talk more about him then.
6: The film also features the lovely Carolyn Monroe as Naomi, who we were able to meet at NostalgiaCon a few years ago. We're fans of her from this movie, as well as The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, Edgar Rice Burroughs' At the Earth's Core, Hammer horror films including Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, and an episode of The New Avengers that features her in a fight scene with Purdy, who was played by Joanna Lumley, who was in the Bond film On Her Majesty's Secret Service.
3: In a little bit of trivia, you'll notice that the end of this film says James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only, but that was not the case. The huge success of Star Wars, which was also released in 1977, prompted the producers to decide to go with a science fiction film next. So, For Your Eyes Only was delayed to 1981, and instead, Moonraker followed in 1979.
6: And now it's time for 007 Hits and Misses, when we share our thoughts about two low points and seven high points in the film.
3: I must say that seeing a top-level trained Russian agent who can't drive a stick shift under pressure just because she's a woman is really bad. It's a real low point that isn't needed and definitely doesn't belong, not even when the movie was filmed in the 1970s.
6: And I'll choose when Jaws stands motionless on the catwalk near the end of the film, while James Bond slowly positions the giant magnet above him. It's not well-staged and not well-edited, which makes it awkward. But it does end with a fun scene of Jaws killing a shark with his metal teeth, so that scene makes it worthwhile.
3: This film is filled with so many excellent high points, which is why it's usually considered Roger Moore's best film. So let's get right to those.
6: Number 7. The opening ski chase is one of the most exciting caught-on film, and it's topped off with an amazing jump from the summit of Mount Asgard in Canada, followed by a dramatic scene of a parachute opening with the British flag. This was a one-time-only take being filmed with multiple cameras at the same time, but in the end, only one of the cameras was able to successfully follow stuntman Rick Sylvester's jump, creating what is considered one of the best 007 stunts ever
3: filmed. Number six, Nobody Does It Better is a perfectly titled song for this film as Carly Simon sings one of the all-time best James Bond themes, and it's in the movie where Roger Moore proves why he was such a successful and long-running 007.
6: Number five, the terrific sequences filmed in Giza of the Pyramids and Sphinx at night. I can remember being completely fascinated when I saw this for the first time on the big screen, and it's one of the things that made me want to travel and see as much of the world as I could.
3: Number four. Richard Keel as Jaws. He's both intimidating and funny at the same time. A great Bond villain for Roger Moore and a gentle giant in person. He's terrific.
6: Number three, Roger Moore, who really gives a perfect performance as James Bond in this film. I particularly like the sequence when Barbara Bach is listing all of the things she knows about Bond, and when she mentions his late wife, his face swiftly and seamlessly shifts from amused to somber and back again, showing that Bond wears a mask to hide his emotions.
3: Number two. All of the spectacular underwater filming, from the wonderful model work of Stromberg City and the supertanker, to the underwater battles, to the beautiful sequences of so many sea creatures, it's all very nicely filmed.
6: And that leads us to number one, which is the amazing Lotus Esprit submarine car, which is also known as Wet Nelly, as an homage to the autogyro Little Nelly from You Only Live Twice. Six of the cars were built to perform the various transformations that were needed, but they're seamlessly integrated into the appearance of a single vehicle in the film, which made this one of the most iconic Bond vehicles ever.
3: We were lucky to see one of the cars on display at the Bond in Motion exhibit in London, and Tesla founder Elon Musk has purchased the most complete version of the car and plans to make it into a real working submarine car. Neat.
6: Thanks, as always, to our friends Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Pat for letting us share our thoughts.
3: Remember, we're RAD, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren, and research and development.
5: All right, boys, thoughts on the thoughts? A wet nelly sounds like something a big brother would give a little, <laughs> little.
0: I was going to say, I uh, usually have to pay extra for a wet nelly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that's where Jared's mind was going. <laughs>
4: I did not know that Richard Keel was offered the role of Darth Vader. Yeah, that's,
2: that's very interesting.
4: Where they have found
5: all of the material for you know him to even wear that thing because he's huge is is the joke that I'm going with. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> David Prowse is pretty big too, but I yeah. think Richard Keel's bigger. Yeah, well, oh. I've met both, and Richard Keel is far and away bigger than David Prowse, and David Prowse is not a small man. When you met them both, were you with your friend Paul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul and I were, went out to lunch. But yeah, um, man, Ruth and Darren always bring in the. St- stuff man i like that stuff they were talking about they always tie they like, always find a way to tie it into like the avengers
5: yeah. yeah their segment always adds just more to the show itself and i always enjoy hearing it and, and, and it's clear that they had a love and
2: affectation for this yes. movie and they gave really clear reasons why and that was cool too i think darren's uh, how much he liked the Sphinx, and you know at night the egyptian stuff at night uh, that was kind of how i felt too about it i'm like wow that's really cool i want to you know i want to go see that live
4: let's do it let's do I'm going to defend Anya here a little bit. I don't think it was ever implied that she couldn't drive a stick shift. I think she was having trouble getting into gear because Jaws was rocking that car all over the place. I think she drove the car just fine. It's just, she was under a little stress there, man. Jaws was like peeling the panels off the she's side a, of the car. She's a
5: spy. She's used to being under stress.
4: <laughs> but I'm saying, she got that car into
0: gear. She took care of business. I'm, I'm going to stand up for her. And, and she even dropped the quip. She was like, shake it. Not stirred. Oh, yeah, that was Bond cool. had to give her the eye roll. He was like, "Oh, oh yeah. I got, I got played. Player got played." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I could definitely see from a certain angle. Yeah, it was a little bit picking on the lady. Yeah, but, and I kind of agree with Delvis She's a secret agent. She should be as smooth as Bond. But just for the record,
5: it wasn't so over the top where I'm just like worst movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it, it was just an inconsistency. That that was
0: all. And that's fair. Oh, let's go into our other audio files. I believe we have our old friend. You know him. You love him.
5: Zooterman. Zooterman.
0: Zooterman. Zooterman. <laughs> Zooterman. It's our boy, Agent Z Woo! from the Netherlands. Donnie Z does not have things. No, he does not. Oh
2: no, definitely not. <laughs>
7: Dear rookie agents, you have reached the spy who loved me. And this is Don Zuidemann calling in with my contribution for this magnificent film. Um, I want to talk to you about the cars of James Bond, because now you have seen the Lotus Esprit and you have seen the Aston Martin DB5, two of the most iconic Vehicles within the James Bond franchise and basically what my question comes down to is which one of these two cars Do you want to have but let's take a closer look at both of them first the Lotus? It is both a car and a submarine it fires missiles and it seems to be unable to be hit by bullets On the down note, though, it does let in fish if you take it underwater. But, you know, no car is perfect. Then the DB5. It has revolving multiple number plates, valid in all countries. It has an ejector seat for unwanted passengers. And somehow it even manages to fit in a huge water tank as you might remember from the pre-title sequence of Thunderball. It also has a very convenient set nav but the beep might make you crazy after a while. So which is it gonna be? The Aston Martin or the Lotus? Of course, if you don't like either of these, you can also choose the Sunbeam Alpine, which Bond drives in No, which has fantastic screeching tires if it corners on sand. Or his Bentley from the beginning of From Russia With Love with one of the very first car phones? Or would you like to have the Toyota 2000 GT from You Only Live Twice? You know, the little white car that Aki drives and which they had to cut the roof off to make Sean Connery fit inside it. Or the Aston Martin DBS from Majesties, which uh, is a great vehicle if you want to drive on the beach. Or the Ford Mustang from Diamond, which is somehow able inside an alley to flip from two wheels on one side to two wheels on the other side. I really don't know how it does that. Or do you like the AMC Hornet um, from The Man With The Golden Gun? So, if it's not the Lotus or the DB5, which car is it going to be? Good luck, men, and I'm looking forward to your answers. As always, this is Don Zardermann, signing off.
0: Anyways... Nice. Donnie Z with our regular reminder that they do not have things in the Netherlands, and oh, by the way, he's got a sense of humor not unlike ours.
2: That was very cool to, to hear his humor there. I, I like that a little more shades of agency that we get to see. <laughs>
0: well, that's right, he's yep. slowly revealing himself, and I adore agency.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna choose, you know, I'm gonna choose the DB five. I think that's the vehicle for me because it's got a lot of bells and whistles, and I'm you nice. know, I'm just not stuck in the, on the water with it.
5: Okay, Delvin, the newest one is the Lotus Esprit, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the Lotus. I thought it was it was a really cool look and just seeing it like transform into that watercraft and how it emerged from the water, uh, that was super cool to me. I mean I know that you can't go wrong either way, but I'm gonna go with the newest one, you know, because it kinda resembled a transformer and that's freaking awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jared? Ooh, man, it is one of the hardest questions. I think at the end of the day, I'm gonna land on the Aston Martin T V five. It's just always been that car that I've always wanted. Just wanted the DV5 and the Batmobile from the first Tim Burton Batman. Those are the cars I've wanted in my Ooh, life. Yeah. So I'm sticking with the DV5. You know, man, that Lotus is, is one attractive vehicle. They had a couple of those white Lotus Esprits at that SpyCon that I went to a few months ago parked out front. And man, it was really cool. One of them actually converted it to an actual boat. Like it had an outboard engine on the back and it was a boat <laughs> a car. It was amazing. But, Jason, what do you got?
4: Gosh, I've I've been wrestling around with this question, trying to buy time as you guys have answered it. It would be very sweet to be able to go underwater. Yeah, it would be so cool. God, that would be awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I've been on some long car rides with my wife and that ejector seat.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to <laughs> edit that part out. Uh, Will we? Seems I go listen anyway. <laughs> uh, I gotta go with the Aston Martin DB5.
5: It's not a wrong choice. It really isn't.
4: But all the time I'd be driving like God. I wish this went underwater. <laughs> I know, right? Like,
0: oh, <laughs> hey, can I choose Scarabanga's flying car? Uh, yeah, that's a good. Oh, that would be good. good. Yeah, yeah. And, man, that's tempting right there. Just be I like, want his junk. Different. I want Scaramanga's <laughs> junk. <laughs> well, with that, let's move <laughs> into. Uh, we have another audio file send in. And I want to give a big shout out and, a, and an apology to Agent I, Joseph Isla, who's been sending us in audio files the last couple episodes and we haven't been getting them. Our OHMS pod account has been shuffling them into the junk folder. Go ahead, Jason. Make your comments. <laughs> Any coconuts in that junk? <laughs> <laughs> it got shuffled into our junk folder, so we weren't receiving them. We didn't know we were getting them. But Agent I contacted us and we got that straightened out. So I'm real sorry about those other ones, Agent I. What I'd like to do is maybe, on some future episodes, maybe we'll play some of the old Agent I questions that we can answer. We'll try to work those in, bud. But we do have his here for The Spy Who Loved Me.
1: Hello, Rookie Agents. This is Special Agent Joe Iliff with the Fleming Connection for the movie The Spy Who Loved Me, which isn't very much because when Ian Fleming signed over the movie rights for his series of Bond novels, he specifically instructed that the plot of this novel should not be used for a movie. The Spy Who Loved Me is the outlier of the Bond novel series, and the plot would be much more like a lifetime network made-for-television movie than a major motion picture. However, there are two characters in the movie taken from the novel. There's a short, bald villain named Slugsy, and a tall, thin villain with steel-capped teeth named Horror. They are the inspiration for Stromberg's henchmen Sandor and Jaws. The Spy Who Loved Me is also the first movie where, in the title sequence, Ian Fleming's name has been moved to a new location. It is Roger Moore as Ian Fleming's James Bond 007 in The Spy Who Loved Me, instead of as James Bond 007 in Ian Fleming's The Man with the Golden Gun. This would be the standard for future movies as well, except for the next one, Moonraker. You can follow me on Twitter at the handle Seek Out Wisdom for more Bond knowledge and generally awesome content. This is Agent Eilith signing off.
0: Interesting stuff about the henchman there from Agent Iliff. What would you guys think? It was also interesting stuff
5: about the pre-title sequence of where Ian Fleming is, too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess
2: I didn't even notice that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, a, interesting. that's the first one for me, too. That's, that's a good point. I like those Bond details. Agent I is keeping his Agent I <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. on them. Yeah, I really do okay. appreciate all the three that we have sending stuff in. It's very
2: cool. Really enjoy it.
0: Indeed. Yeah, we're, we got three audio file send-ins, and I'm really sorry about those missing files, Agent I. I'm going to try to find a way to work those in in the future. But glad we got that back on track. I love hearing from the Sutherlands and Agent Z, and now Agent I. It continues to grow. And we continue to encourage everybody else out there. You want to drop us an audio file? OHMSpod at Outlook.com, guys. So that will bring us to a close on this episode of
4: MI6 Rookie Agents. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you've enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out The Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can that be found?
2: Well, thanks, Jason. The Longbox Crusade can be found on Twitter at Longbox Crusade. Otherwise, on Facebook as well, too, at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared.
0: Well, thanks to the fellows for taking on yet another dangerous mission. And thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or a comment on this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSPod or email us at OHMSPod at Outlook.com. Or contact any of us directly on Facebook or Twitter. My contact info is Yard Sale Artist on Twitter facebook instagram it's all at yard sale artist jason i'm at jason albrecht on facebook and instagram and i'm at weasel skull
4: on twitter pat
2: you can find me on twitter at Cristatos zero
0: one delvin you can find me on twitter at dee underscore r a y one nine seven seven and we hope to hear from you soon the next episode of mi6 rookie agents will feature moonraker and remember on her majesty's secret podcast will return
1: Penny, that's
0: all, that's all. On this
4: We're channel.
2: the Podcast Who Loves You. <laughs> uh, <that's
4: true.
7: laughs>
2: that was a good one. It the is Podcast
4: g- Who Loves <laughs> You. Nobody does it better. Than that. <laughs>
0: Nobody does uh-uh. it better. I see everyone's competing for the outfit in <laughs> real <time. laughs>
1: Makes me feel sad. Nobody
4: makes me feel like <laughs> I <don't ask> <laughs> you, <laughs> baby you're We podcast the best. best
0: So here on our show you'll get Van Allen's
5: show you'll get Wait to- real quick real quick Jack I mean could you picture us like some like opening credits that you might one of us jumping on a trampoline, <laughs> doing <Dude>, flips naked.
2: <laughs> uh, look at the coconuts on that guy. That's a lot of coconuts on that junk.
0: <laughs> He's bringing back me with the golden gun jokes. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's bending
5: over the old? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they put
0: that, that middle zero double O seven? Woo! We are off the rails, and we're not through the intro. That's amazing. Joey, I
5: don't do friends jokes. Look, if Dark Web does a friends joke, you can laugh at a friends joke. I laughed at it. I got it. I got it. Way to go, fellow rookie agent.
2: <laughs> That's what we do when we're not not in the field. We're watching. We're just uh, binging friends.
5: It's weird. Nobody told me life was going to be this way. <laughs> Should I keep going?
0: Absolutely. Someone do something with a show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, your job's a joke. You're broke. You may as well okay. just keep going. <laughs> oh, I see what you do there. If you'd like to help pay our lease on our coconut-laden junk, <laughs> damn it, Jason... <laughs>
4: <laughs> you really gotta start envying me I,
0: I go out of my way to not read these scripts Until the moment So that is a complete surprise to me And you can give as little as one dollar a month To help keep Agent Jason stuck with Lifetime mannequins of his enemies <laughs> Let me try it again oh, Dang uh, Lifelike, I, got, I messed up the word Lifetime will work too Oh gosh <laughs> Pew, pew, pew.
5: Pew, pew, pew. Gotta call up these questions
7: here.
5: I'm not feeling confident. I'm gonna be completely honest with you on this. I've been suckered by Pat before. Like, oh, you know, I didn't think so. The next yeah. thing else, I know, he turns into Rain Man. So, no, no, I'm not falling for <laughs> that. <laughs> or
4: what's that in the hot, or what was that? No, the you jackpot. Got it. Oh, yeah, it. Oh. jackpot. <laughs> no. Got I, Jackpot.
5: No, that's a it's bad thing. I don't want coconuts it. on the Jackpot.
4: junk. <laughs> you got the biggest coconuts on the junk.
5: <laughs> I never, uh, every time Pat goes, all oh, shucks. And then I, I, I just don't know. it would pulled out.
2: Austria? Come on. <laughs> I know. Holy
4: I know. God. I surprised myself. He was totally guessing too, but he got it.
2: But you know why? I, I remember that guy that was wearing the sweater in the bed said it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, rookie agents. Anybody can grab. What is triple A, triple X's military rank?
2: Ooh, major.
0: She is a major.
1: Correct.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was guess, and I didn't say it. You're <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, what was happening is he was sending them to the OHMS pod account and it was putting them in the junk folder right next to the coconuts.
4: I, was gonna, I, was gonna make the coconut. I wasn't going to let that one go by. I saw that one.
0: <laughs> I got to just do the outtakes. Hotcakes! 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 Hot And that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at That's Joseflin99. That's J O S E F L I N99. You will not regret it.